Hi, I'm Yanni, and I want to welcome you to I Have Issues, a relaxed interview podcast where you can learn more about the creators behind some of your favorite indie comics and graphic novels. And now, here's your host, Lucifer Storm. Welcome to I Have Issues, and thank you for that introduction, Yanni. That's, that's absolutely fantastic. I love that introduction. Uh, yes, we're live for once. It's been a little while since we've been live, and I've got an awesome guest with me this evening. Before I bring him in, I'm just going to recognize everyone that we've got in the chat. First of all, not my monkeys, not my circus. How the devil are thou? I hope you're keeping well and keeping safe. And we also have Bree, who says, hey, hey, I am early for a change. How is everyone doing? We're doing good, Bree, and thank you very much for joining us. How the devil art thou? That's That's the real question. So... Guys, I have an awesome guest for me. It's been a little while since he's been on the show. You will know him as the man, the creator of the Tatty Bogle Man, the creator of Ilsa Dark, and he's got a new book coming soon called Tales of Mystery and Imagination. Could everyone please welcome to I Have Issues, Wally. Wally, how the devil art thou? Good I art fabulous. How the devil art thou, <laughs> Lucifer? <laughs> I'm doing grand, good sir. I'm doing got grand. Got me the hope there. Oh. <laughs> anyway. That's all right. Oh, oh, he's got some of his special juice. That's fantastic. Special juice. Excellent. And uh, in the chat, we got Pop Culture Avenger joining us. Good evening, Pop Culture Avenger. How the devil art thou, good sir? And Bree says, Lucifer, Wally, Monkeys, Avenger. I, I, I like that collection of words. Yep, that, it is. I, I, can, really I, I can see it on the front of a comic down the side, you know, with the little heads <laughs> next to them. Yeah, yes. It, like, if, if I was ever a sleeper agent for, like, the Russians or something, these should be, like, my trigger words. Like, say these words in order, and I'll be like, must kill Abraham Lincoln. That'll get the American votes. <laughs> oh, yes, Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, guys, I just want to let everyone know before we get started that Wally's new book, Tales of Mystery and Imagination, there is a sign up on Indiegogo for this book. You will find a link to it in the description box down below. And unless YouTube has removed it, you should see it floating about in the chat as well. And it'd be great if I pointed to the right way of the chat. I don't know where it is. <laughs> we'll figure it out later. And uh, I also want to let everyone know, as always, this show is made possible thanks to the lovely people of Manis Bazaar who sell morbid curiosities ranging from unique upcycling all the way to taxidermy and of course that's where my friend here john doe comes from and all their items are ethically sourced so please take a look in the description box down below you will find a link to their etsy store but as always before you click on it be warned what they sell is not for children the faint of heart or the easily offended ah oh, so with that out of the way how have you been wally how what have you been up to good sir Put together a bookcase today. Did it in my lunch hour. It was amazing. Uh, yeah, very productive day. Uh, busy at work. Put together a bookcase. Um, got my campaign, fine tuned my campaign. Went for an hour just there, just to be a bit of fine tuning for the one that's going to come out. Uh, uh, it's going to feel good to have a campaign that's actually ready to go from the first day it's launched. It's going to feel so good. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so I'm just, I'm just, I've had my, I've had a nice meal. I'm having a nice few glass of uh, red, and I'm looking Excellent. forward to chatting about horrific things with yourself. Oh, of course, of course. But let's talk about the horrific things that you're creating, because as I mentioned, you're the creator of the Tatty Bogle Man and Ilsa Dark. 
where does the Tatty Bogleman come from? That to me, I think that's uh, like I think both Ilsa Dark and Tatty Bogleman are really interesting characters. But there's something about Tatty Bogleman that just stands out just a little bit more for me. <coughs> yeah, I think uh, the Tatty Bogleman. I mean, Ilsa Dark is, is more of a that's a building character. Uh, yeah. And it was she was created because I, I originally put her out there saying the mystery of Elsa Dark. So the whole idea of Elsa Dark is that you learn about her as she learns about herself, and you're not really going to understand the character of Elsa Dark until you probably even read the, the second story that I'm going to write with her. You know, so it's yeah. essentially I want to write a, a trilogy, at least a trilogy, and by the time you get to that third part of the trilogy you could go back and read the first book and it'll have a it'll resonate a little bit more with you so as as you learn who this character is tatty bogleman <coughs> excuse me <coughs> uh, tatty bogleman is uh he, he is what you see the tatty bogleman is a scottish freddy krueger mixed with a mad god so the idea was uh, i looked into mythology to find something because i like to base things on something that's kind of sound not the mythology sound because it's by its very yeah. nature it's not real it's mythology well, but yeah. you know but, but things that people used to believe in and there was the uh, in scotland uh, a creature called a brolican yeah a uh, brolican and the brolican would would lurk in the woods and if a child was to wander uh, the brolican would would strike mm. uh, so of course it's something that's been created through through uh, stories to to keep kids from wandering away from the home and from the village that kind of thing and I thought, well, what if this Brolican, way back in the, the Dark Ages, what if the Brolican was killed by the villagers? What if the Brolican, and this isn't his origin, this is just me formulating the character, yeah. how I could get a character that, that kind of fitted into mythology. What if he mm -hmm. killed him uh, and he came back, he could, he could continually be resurrected and that his spirit could never be killed? But every yeah. time he was resurrected, he was just a wee bit wonkier, a wee bit crazier, and yes. a wee bit, just a wee bit not. So kind of like, imagine... This chap here, right? You know, there you go. The doctor. <laughs> so imagine the way the doctor regenerates and has a different kind of personality. Now imagine if he regenerated, but with each personality, he was crazier and crazier Ooh, yeah. and crazier. So that's that. I had that idea in my head, and I thought that's cool. So let's do my version of the Wicker Man where mm. you have like a village that they kind of lure somebody into a situation where they're going to be sacrificed so anybody that backed the first campaign and got the tatty bogomine 3d special know the story so i won't spoil it any more than, than that uh but the uh, it's available in the, and it's still available in the also dark campaign as an add-on in 3d yeah. with the specs so yeah. the, the idea was let's have the tatty bogoman as somebody who's kind of tied into like a 1970s feel a 1970s mm. uh, british horror movie feel so the idea of this isolated village where everybody's just too nice to be true and uh, of course the sacrifice uh, for the re whatever reason it is they're going to sacrifice uh for, in this case for the prosperity of everybody in the village uh but you know the problem is people that have a belief system that's based on just faith um mm. could lead to a certain gullibility yes. and in this case for the villagers their gullibility is their belief system is based on what the Tati Bogoman has created. And their mm. sacrifices are just a means to an end for his rebirth. Uh, and he mm. comes back and it's set, it's, it comes back, and it's like, uh, I guess, like 1969 is, is the date that's set in. He comes back, he's mad as a hatter. 
he has no skin in his face, so he takes the skin from somebody else and he sews and he staples it onto his face and so he's, until he's gorgeous. He takes the clothes off of a scarecrow, which of course is a tatty bogo in Scotland, we call it a tatty mm -hmm. bogo, uh, and that's him got his nice sartorial look. And, uh, and then he goes out into the world and he is omnipotent, all-powerful. And luckily mm. for everybody in the world, mad as a hearter. So he's yes. just interested in taking care of like individuals and having a good time. Uh, he could he could take over the world and be the king of the world if he wanted to, but what's the fun in that? I, I get a feeling that he's still going to do that because he's kind of taken on a life of his own. I mean, he started in the pages of your comics and now he has a Twitter. He even has a YouTube channel. Yeah, <laughs> he commented yeah, I, on one of my videos. I, 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 I saw that one day. It's like I noticed one day the you subscriber and it was a Taddy Bogomer. Yeah, uh, so I felt I had to subscribe to him just for my own safety. So I would yes. recommend that everybody does just that. Uh, the Taddy Bogomer's <laughs> channel for your own safety at night, because when you close your eyes and you think you're going to have a nice dream, it could be a nightmare. Uh, so yeah, he has his own YouTube and he has his own Twitter, and I think the reason for that is next year I think he's going to be up to something. And uh, it's probably best that he has his own YouTube channel for that. Yeah. <laughs> so I, do, I don't know. He never tells me anything. Uh, he's, he's quite kind of low-key. Uh, but when he does raise his, his head, um, it's for a purpose. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing he's got something lined up for next year. He's a man with a plan. And like one thing I really like about your book so far is there's that very strong Scottish element to it. And even though Scotland's, well, I say it's not too far from where I am. I'm on the arse end of the country. Scotland's more towards the head. But it's still a part of the country that I'm like, I know nothing about. I've never had the chance to visit Scotland yet. I hope to change that one day. So I really, I really like the fact that there's a, a strong Scottish element to it. Like the, your books are not afraid to say, this is where I come from and this is a place I love. Like, well, yeah. was that a deliberate thing or did you just find it organically happening in your books? No, it was deliberate. Uh, it was, uh, I knew straight away I wanted to do something that was, that resonated with people as this is a Scottish comic book because yeah. Scotland has got such a rich, history uh, oh, of, yeah. of comics in the UK, because DC Thompson's mm. is here in Dundee, just mm. five minute walk from where I'm sitting right now. And mm. and there, um, 10 minute, in case you try to dox me, anybody, uh, <laughs> 10 minute walk <laughs> from where I'm sitting right now. Maybe it's 15, 15 minute walk from where I'm sitting right now. <laughs> and they, 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 they published the Beano and the Dandy and in the Sunday mm. Post, the, the kind of slightly twee Sunday newspaper that we get in Scotland, they have Our Willie or Ur Willy, as we call them, and the Bruins uh, in there as well, uh, which is where I took Wally, Wally from, because that's another way of saying, you know, Wally is, is Wally, which I, I prefer mm. over Wally, you know. So yeah. uh, so it's just been one of these things where we had comics that were just um, embedded with things. You could see you can see Dundee when you look at the old Beano strips. You can mm. see the houses, you know, you can yeah. notice them. And definitely in our Willie and in the blue and the Bruins, you're you're seeing a real Scottish kind of influence. Uh, and I thought I want to do that in the same way that 2000 AD and Action Comics did, or Action mm. did not Action Comics, Action did back in the 70s, where they mm. they were very kind of British and very, I'd say, very very English in London and punk. 
yeah. when, when they when they were produced uh, and they had a real feel about them, but it was all the time and all the place. So I wanted to make sure that I did something. It was it's a homage to 1950s and 1970s comics, uh, but at the same time it's through a it's through a lens where it's a, kind of like a little Scottish kind of like flavour to it. Yeah, and, uh, and hopefully people enjoy that. It's, so it's 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 not it's got a bit of my personality in there as well. Which is great. That that's what people want to see. And if your audience is anything like mine, it's very varied, sure. But a majority of my audience, they're in the States, they're in the United States. And one thing I have found uh with with readers in the United States is when they've come across some of my books, they've been like, This is so British. And a lot of Americans are very they're very much Anglophiles, and Scotland kind of falls into that as well. So I think yeah. that kind of creates an appeal for them rather than seeing uh, an English or a Scottish creator trying trying mm. to mimic what the American market does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I couldn't do that anyway. I think I, I loved superhero comics uh, yeah. up until, you know, probably after, just after The Dark Knight and Watchmen and all that stuff, and then, then, yeah. then I kind of lost interest. And the, the darker they co those comics got, the more I lost interest in them, funnily <laughs> enough. Uh, but uh, I, don't, I don't think I could write a comic like that. Uh, no. I know I could write a Superman comic. I, I just know yeah. I've got that in me, uh, but that's never going to happen. Uh, so th there's, there's, there's always a chance I do my uh, Superman character because it seems that that's a thing that everybody does. Yeah. They do their version of Superman. So there's always a chance I could do that sometime. Uh, but it wouldn't be a dark and grungy and gritty version the way everybody else's is. It would be a proper inspirational and hopeful version, you know, yeah. a visionary character. Uh, but other than that, I've got no real want to write spandex and capes you know i don't yeah. i don't really want to as much as i enjoy watching the movies now and still enjoy reading the comics especially the old ones mm. i love all the old stuff yeah. uh it's, it's not what i want to do um horror uh mystery all that kind of stuff mm. uh, even westerns uh, you know that's that's the kind of stuff that i'm interested in that's the kind of stuff i want to i want to pursue yeah. in comics next year uh not really talk about them but two completely different projects i'm going to be working on next oh, yes. year that are coming out and they could they could divide people or they could bring people on i don't know what's going to happen but i think the main thing is and you you i think you'll think this as well as an indie comic creator you do what you like you do what you yep. want to read and what you want to yep. see and uh you know it's the old uh kevin costner you build it and, and then they will come you know people will come because they've yeah. got the same kind of interests the same yeah you know sort of like uh the same experiences what i'm finding is a lot of people you you'll, you'll know this being on the team mm. dark streams a lot of people with the similar experiences have watched the same uh tv at the same time where they shouldn't have been watching yeah. it back back in the day and <laughs> and, and collecting the video nasties and, and getting stuff through mail order and all that kind of mm. the same kind of stuff and then you're getting folk from america and canada that they're like fascinated by this and you know mm. uh, and and so it's just kind of cool it's cool as well yeah yeah i think so as well uh so so you've got tatty bogleman but you've also got ilsa dark and uh, one thing that stands out to me about ilsa dark is one it's it's pretty much a horror themed book so you had me from word go mm. but not only that there seems to be nostalgia wrapped around ilsa dark would i be correct in saying that um yeah i think yes and no I think that the nostalgia is there because I'm coming at it from a Bronze Age approach. So yeah. the the comics that I'm 
trying to replicate in some way are Bronze Age. So I know that when I'm writing dialogue, it might be a bit melodramatic. It might okay. be a bit too wordy. Uh, right. The first draft is incredibly wordy and melodramatic. And then I start <laughs> stripping it back a little bit. But those were Bronze Age comics. That's the way they were. Yeah, they were quite so verbose. I, exactly. So I want people to I want people to get that experience and that feel for what a comic used to be like mm. by recreating it. Because I don't feel that modern comics are like that, uh, especially not in Marvel and DC, where they, they write for the trade. So they're writing six issues that they know are going to be collected as a trade. Yeah. Uh, so the pacing is is paced for the trade. So yeah. I'm splitting my story up and I'm pacing it for over three issues. Um, but I'm very aware that I want to change the the pace at a certain point in, in issue one and then in issue two in order to wrap things up and, and change it. Looking back on it, I can see the kind of the way I could have made things better and altered it. Uh, but that's yeah. that's with everything. Uh, <laughs> But I think once the third issue is out, people will understand exactly what I was trying to do. I was trying to get the feel of, here's a comic. It's a, a mystery horror comic. Uh, and then by the time you get to the end of the first issue, you scratch your head and you go, this isn't a mystery horror comic. This is bonkers. What's going on here? Uh, and then when you get into the second issue, it, it starts to get a bit more psychological and a bit odder uh, and yeah. far gorier. And then when you get to the third issue, it's a bit like Jack Kirby's come and kicked you in the face. That's <laughs> what I'm going for. And that's what I'm trying to do with these comics. So, yes, the nostalgia's there, I think, because it's it's me replicating a style that yeah. really meant something to me. And by that, I don't mean I'm replicating a visual look of an artist or anything like that. I'm talking about all these disparate artists and, and writers, so many of them. Yeah. They even had their own styles, but they're all in my head and, and they're all kind of there. So I'm thinking, sometimes I'm thinking about Steve Gerber, who wrote The Defenders and How the Duck. Yes. Sometimes I'm thinking yes. about Don McGregor, who wrote uh, Black Panther mm. uh, and, and Kill Raven. Or sometimes I'm thinking about artists like Tom Sutton uh, or Bernie Wrightson uh, or, mm. um, you know, Tom. Um, uh, Tom's that I mentioned Thompson. Uh, uh, just all these different artists, uh, Rudy Nebres, that that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. And at the same time, I've got uh, Vampirella in my in my head, not as a kind of sexy, innocent lead, who is what Vampirella should all be, yeah. but just the idea of this story where you've got a strong female character at the centre of it, uh, and everything everything basically revolves around her. Yeah. Uh, so that's all there. That's a long answer. I, I could just talk for ages about all the different influences. I did two videos about the different influences on my video channel. Yeah. Uh, and uh, one was about werewolves and one was about Ed Wood. Uh, because Ed Wood is in it as well. He's in the comic too. So Oh, fantastic. Uh, and, and that's it's actually just it's a big tease for the second volume. Um because that whole story is going to involve uh, Ed Wood, whether it's a flashback or is i don't know resurrected or whatever i don't know i'd be spoiling if i told you people who have backed the first campaign and read the second issue will have a good idea excellent excellent that's what i like to hear uh before we start talking about your new book i'm going to take a look in the chat because it looks like we've had a few more people join us ah. which is always always nice yeah, so we i have... did turn off the youtubes because it crashes my machine <laughs> well we have the richness rich Perotto himself saying i'm here it's good to see you rich how the devil hey, art now we also have aria blackness who says hell folks hey aria uh, 
We also have Pop Culture Avenger who says, I signed up. It looks like the old EC comics from the 50s. Oh, cool. yes. Cool. We also have Not My Monkeys, Not My Circus. He's sharing some links for Ilsa Dark and stuff. So Bye -bye. that's great we also have brie who says i'm hoping to write my way through a, a spooky chapter without freaking out with lucy's and wally's soothing voices in my headphones <laughs> oh start speaking like this then <laughs> <laughs> i won't start just randomly screaming i mean i could uh -huh. but, I, but i won't we also have uh rob g price tunes who says evening all evening Mr. rob how are you now and we also have a fellow team dark member here stato statistical hey, stato. zero himself how the devil art thou stato hopefully you are keeping well and keeping safe good so i'm gonna have to get stato on here at some point because i do want to mm. talk to him more about the strips that he does they're absolutely fantastic yep uh Bree says sounds like the topics of today are not going to help with that you're damn right it's only going to get worse from here i'm afraid Bree. um yep. Uh, not my monkey says that's because lucifer has issues damn straight <laughs> i do damn straight there's a reason why i call the show i have issues i'm not lying to you um Bree says stop killing that brolican thing people goodness sake <laughs> we also have mr pete bakewell in the chat good evening pete how the pete. he says evening everybody sorry i'm a wee bit late having a few tinternet issues fingers crossed they're sorted mm. now that's okay good sir because there's always the replay we also have peep whole circus who says evening all evening peeps Pips. and i think we have we got everyone covered oh no stato says here as a listener at not my monkeys i i'm all right just being a normal guy in the chat oh don't be normal don't be normal, oh. Stato. Be be you. That's that's what we want to see. Uh, I think I think everyone's just having kind of a bit of a chat between themselves. We've also got Collision Bomb who says, "Hail Lucy." Good evening, Collision Bomb. How hey, the Collision Bomb? Wow. This is lovely. I love seeing all Is these Collision Bomb the one on the left or the right? That's a good question. Yeah, that is a good question. We also have Marigo Ann who says, "I'm not too distracted by how warm Woolly's accent is to notice what he's saying." <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> and Pete Bakewell says, "I definitely buy a CD of Wally reading old EC comics to me." There you go, Wally. That that's something that you need Pete, to do an now. Audio. Oh, and, oh, I, oh, and, oh, oh. I, I, put, I, I backed a campaign that, that sent me an audio commentary. That's a good idea. They might steal that. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. not a bad idea. Well, Robert Geronimo with Blood Realm on his YouTube channel, he's kind of like done a video where like he shows like each of the panels, but he voices the characters and the story, and it's really fucking cool. Uh, so that's right. always an option. And not my monkeys, not my circus says weird. I don't see half these people in my chat. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been doing, monkeys? Uh, Marigo Ann says, No, I am too distracted by his accent. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. As long as we know that is the main thing. So many great people in the chat. So, you've this new book coming up. And as I've mentioned before, if people take a look in the description box down below, you will find a link to the Indiegogo mailing list where you can sign up for this book to the mailing list for it anyway. And it's called Tales of Mystery and Imagination where does the uh idea for this book come from uh, it came from me leaving my job in the games industry getting a job uh, as a lecturer and mm -hmm. deciding that i wanted to just do something for fun that i yeah. enjoyed doing but they kept me working creatively so i was creatively <laughs> making something and yeah. i thought comics 
do comics, do an anthology. So I don't need to draw all the stories. That's a good idea. <laughs> uh, and so I did. I did Tales of Mystery and Imagination. I mm -hmm. stole the title from Edgar Allan Poe. It was the Excellent. title for a, a, the first collected edition of his work. Yeah. And it's in public domain. That, so I thought I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. And it has that kind of feel to it. So people think, oh, Tales of Mystery, uh, you know, Tales of the Uncanny, Tales from the Crypt, Vault of, uh, Vault mm -hmm. of Horror, Want of Fear. It just fits right in with that. Yeah. So uh, I thought I'll do that. And I picked a story, The Telltale Heart. And I used that to learn how to put together a complete story uh, over a, a set number of pages. So I already had the text and that allowed me to edit the text, make it work for me and and do my first comic strip. And it's mm. a really good exercise. I, I, I think everybody, if you've never actually drawn a comic before and you're sitting there, you're thinking of doing your first comic book yourself and you're like, oh, what do I write? Uh, I see so many people with epic stories that they're going to tell with you know yeah. the lord of the rings and all these characters and world building tell one story from that world first and the best yeah. the best way to do that is find a public domain story and see if you can tell that story in comic forum if you can nail that then you can start working on the bigger stuff and that was my plan but the first issue sold that well at a convention that i ended up doing uh, making it a quarterly thing and i did four issues uh, nice. and i even uh, had the college that i work at involved and they let me build it into the curriculum so I could bring students along and, and and they could do work on it as well as part of their um part of their course, that kind of thing. Excellent, excellent. Were there any fears going into this project, especially as you're dealing with um public domain stories, which I lo a lot of people know that's a very, very weird place to go into because it's not as cut yeah. and dry as everyone normally thinks it is. Yeah, I thought I stayed away from characters, so I wasn't going to look at comic strips or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, and if I was, I would do something like, like well, yourself. I would, I would make it completely different. I would maybe take a name yeah. that was in public domain and make it completely different. Yeah. But uh, in this case, I thought, no, these are adaptations. So the only problem I had was the first issue was uh, an adaptation of the Telltale Heart, which I knew was in public domain. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, the Conqueror Worm, which was in public domain, but I also had two H.P. Lovecraft stories I was wanting to put in it as well. That's yeah. problematic because not all of his mm -hmm. work is in public domain. Yep. So it's a bit of a minefield trying to work out what you can use mm -hmm. from H.P. Lovecraft that's in public domain. So uh, if you are going to do something like that, be very careful and be aware different times and timescales in different countries as to what is and what isn't yeah. in public domain. And so... Uh, but other than that, it was it was very much a case of uh, get the stories, and the only other thing was I knew the Telltale Heart had been adapted a good yeah. few times before uh, by mm. really good comic book artists as well. Um, so I I just forced myself to not look at any previous versions. I had them in my head because I remember reading them. Yeah. Right? So uh, yeah, but I just didn't revisit them until after I had drawn mine and had it, had it published. And then I banged my head off the wall and thought, why did I not think I'm making it like that? Why did I not do that? <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's one of those things where uh, I'm going to do a wee bit of remastering on it, a wee bit of recolouring, a wee bit of redrawing on it uh, and stuff. Uh, so it's, it's, But it's all there. It's all ready to go. What this is going to be is this is going to be like uh, all of my stories and uh, one of my friends, Bex, her, 
two stories that she did for two of the comics. Uh, she she's mm-hmm. said, yeah, go for it uh, and put, put her stuff in it as well. So it's, uh, this is the first one of a crowdfunder that's not just my work. So it's me and Bex that are going to be putting our stories together in this. Nice. So in, in comparison to previous books that you've worked on, were there many hurdles to overcome? Were there? Uh, how difficult was it to put this book together in comparison to something like Ilsa Dark? This was relatively easy. It mm-hmm. was... Um, I didn't have a deadline for this first issue uh, and, yeah. and as far as every, everybody else was concerned. So uh, I had two friends that I worked with in the games industry that said they would, uh, yeah, we'll do a story. And so uh, I threw them both a story and they worked on it. Yeah. And I just said, just take your time, do it, give it to me when you're done. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they were done. Yeah, that's when I started mine. Uh, that's when it got a wee bit tough because there was a book fair coming up and I thought well, it would be quite cool if I could get this out of this book fair because it ties in with Edgar Allan Poe. So 13 pages, 18 days, can I do that? Turns out I can, but it nearly <laughs> kills you, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't advise <laughs> that you do it. Uh, so that, that was a bit tough. But actually bringing everything together, I did. Uh, I'm re-lettering so quite a lot of the stuff for the collection. But what I did do in subsequent issues was I lettered all the stories that I got. So by lettering the stories, it gave the book a consistent feel that went all the way through the book because I wanted all the different styles in there. I wanted it, when you picked up 2000 AD, you get Brian Boland for a couple of pages, uh, and then you'd get Mike McMahon, and then you get Carlos Esquera, and you get all these completely different styles. Yeah. Uh, you know, Massimo Bellardinelli, they'd all be in there completely different. I wanted that. Uh, same with something like Heavy Metal. I wanted people to pick it up and have four, at least four or five different styles in every issue and kind of go, wow, this is odd. And mine was a more conservative style. Mine was a more traditional style. Uh, and so I would start with, with a story uh, with the first issue we made, then kind of like bring them into slightly different and stranger styles. That was, that was, a, that was a concerted effort to do that. But no, it was, it was really easy to put together. There were problems with the other issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, there was one issue that I had like uh, uh, kind of like a big problem, kind of like getting a story done, and uh, uh, that I wasn't going to do a story, and I ended up having to do a story because somebody couldn't commit to yeah. it after committing to it. These things happen. Yeah. Uh, so that was another case of doing like uh, 13 or 14 pages in like about two weeks, uh, <laughs> writing, drawing, and, and, and lettering. Uh, but that was cool because that story was where I get the whole idea for the also dark. So. Uh, that story is going into this. It's called The Wolf at Last. Nice. Do you think this will be a volume one and there could possibly be a volume two or even three? Or do you think this will just be a standalone anthology? There could be, but I don't know if I really want to do that with it because I've got other things lined up. Um, and this uses up, there's two Tati Bogoman stories that are in this. There's, his origin, which is already out there in 3D and, yeah. and in black and white, and the Tati Bogoman special. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's going to be in this in full colour, and it's recoloured, because you guys, some of you guys saw me colouring some of it very slowly. <laughs> very, very slowly <laughs> on live streams. Because I can't concentrate to colour it when uh, Lucifer or Stato are there talking to me. Uh, so you saw me doing that very, very slowly. So that, that story is getting completely recoloured, and that, that this will be the definitive 
version of the origin of the Tati Bogoma, you know, unless I decide to remaster it again later on when George Lucas, I just can't stop myself. Uh, but uh, what I will do, I think, is uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give people a taste of what was in the, the actual comics um, simply by yeah. having either extending the, the page count or doing a kind of remaking of you know, so that that there's a, that's adoption. I, can't, I I don't know. I, I, unless I said if I come up with a good, because I do have a few scripts I haven't drawn yet that we're going to go into volume five of Tales of Mystery, uh, and I might sit down one day and say, okay, I'll just do this. And if I do that, then there's a good chance there'll be, there'll be a second volume with stories that are that are in it. Nice, excellent. You mentioned that the Tatty Bogle man, his origin was originally done in 3d you have a love for 3d yeah. uh was there any point in making this book where you thought well hold on his origin's already in 3d i could do the rest in 3d not for even one millisecond did i think that no wow. because it's just so much work uh yes, yeah i can imagine yeah I, I, the first version of tati bogeman's origin it wasn't in 3d because it was in an issue of tales of mystery originally yeah. But it was substantially redrawn uh, in order to work as 3D. Uh, and I think it was better when I redrew uh, the pages that I redrew. Uh, in fact, even the pages that look as if they're the same were redrawn in order yeah. to make them work in 3D. Um, so uh, I, I, there's there's a chance that I could do something with this that still brings the 3D into it. Uh, and, of course, I'll, I'll have the Tati Bogleman origin comic as an add-on again for anybody that, that fancies that uh, yeah. but not just it's, it, the thing is uh, when, I, when I show you some of the, the artwork as well we're talking about fully illustrative and painted artwork as well mm -hmm. so it would have to be a different way I do the 3D for those pages uh, so it would just be too much too much of a problem and I also think uh, people would like colour and yeah. and 3D kind of like negates putting any colour into the, the book yeah that's a very good point yeah what were some of the hardest sacrifices you had to make in order to create this book oh that's a good question uh I, I, there's a few stories that i would like to maybe have put in that would need a wee bit of tweaking and, and a few wee changes to them yeah um but other than that, the stories are going in because right now it stands at 86 pages. No, nice. uh, I've got it down as 86 plus because I want yeah. to put in. I want to put in a couple of uh, pages that are maybe like little article pages. Uh, hmm. So about certain things because in the first issue of the Tales of Mystery, I had like a one page which was like a special pinup page, and it was a yeah. like an Edgar Allan Poe fact page. And I had another page, which was a pinup page, which was a HP Lovecraft fact page. And I quite fancy putting some stuff with that in there as well. So uh, old school, you know, like pinup pages. And in anybody from the UK that's used to UK annuals uh, will, will understand what I'm talking about. I say I quite fancy putting in maybe even just a, a short prose story or something. Yes. Just yes. just some cool things. You know, uh, Americans will be totally confused, wonder, uh, you know, <laughs> what's happening here? Uh, but it, is, it was the sort of thing that it used to be in American comics, Golden Age comics used to do yeah. this. They would put it in because I think they got, uh, they could get to, 
to use the, the postal service without mm -hmm. charging because uh, if they had prose stories in there, they, they counted as being periodicals or books and not yeah. just not just comics, that kind of thing. Uh, but I quite fancy that. So I'm thinking about doing something like that uh, to kind of like uh, just it, it gives it that uh, as much of an old school flavour as I can give it. Uh, I'm trying to think who was it again. Somebody mentioned about like EC Comics there. Uh, it, mm. it was uh, it's EC Comics is the obvious influence, but the less obvious influence is Warren. Uh, they're creepy and eerie and vampirella stuff. Yeah, uh, to have the 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 articles and and the kind of like little prose pieces, and also a big influence is Deskin's uh, House of Hammer. Nice. Uh, the idea where you get the comic strips and you also get the the articles. So, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be like a, it could grow if we get the back, because it could uh, it grow in in size and and quite easily, quite quickly as well, without much in the way of work from myself, because pretty much everything's done. Excellent, excellent. And I just want to remind everyone: take a look in the description box down below. You will find a link to the Indiegogo mailing list for this campaign. You can see what it looks like on the screen already. So please feel free to sign up to it because it costs you nothing, and there's no commitment that you have to back afterwards. But let's face it; it would be nice if you did. And there's, also, there's no, can I say it? There's no commitment, but the Tati Bogo mine may hold it against you. I, I can't, I yes. can't say that that's not going to happen. Okay, just, exactly. Just, yeah. Exactly. You don't want to uh, piss off the Tatty Bogle, man. Trust me. Jeremy did it once. Oh, God, that was the most epic battle I've ever seen, you know. Yeah. Um, but I also want to remind people that in the description box down below, there are links to where you can follow Wally on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And you can also subscribe to his YouTube channel. So if you haven't yet, please do that because this man is criminally undersubbed as it is. So please help him out and subscribe to his channel. Cheers. And you'll find there, uh, not, no, 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 him, no, 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 him, him. You'll, you'll find Lucifer <laughs> on my channel quite a lot as well. Ah, oh, man, I got that wrong. I did that so well the other night on a on a show. I did my name, and I managed to get all the right words from my finger. It was very oh, impressive. Nice. I impressed myself. <laughs> <laughs> but I blew that. Uh, oh that's all right um in the chat we have pop culture avenger who says mm -hmm. love audiobooks while driving that's an interest uh, piece puts something in my head here because from the first day that i saw this uh i you know what it's like when you're you've got your table laid out and people are coming to you and mm -hmm. you try to have a little pitch and things yeah. and, and and i would say read this in the voice of vincent price with yeah. enjoying a nice glass of red wine, you know, and and that's kind of uh, you know you, you can substitute Christopher Lee or Peter Cushion, however you want, <laughs> but one of those kind of voices. Uh, so you put something in my head there with that. Pete. Well, funny enough, Pete says I can vouch that all those tales of mystery and imagination are absolute corkers. Cheers, Pete. Yeah. Which is all good. We got Not My Monkeys, Not My Circus. He is still dropping the links. Thank you very much, Not My Monkeys. Uh, Pop Culture Adventure says, this looks phenomenal. Doesn't it just? It looks absolutely great. And look, I've signed up to the, to the mailing list, and I know that the moment this goes live, I'm going to be there backing it as soon as possible. Ginge Gingerton says, hello, everyone. Cheers Ginge. from sunny Florida. Would you look at that? Oh, nice. 
Now, let me see. I think I've missed a few. Sometimes I get so many that I try to scroll up a bit and then it just takes me straight to the bottom. And I'm like, uh, what's going on? Uh, aha. Marigo Ann says, drawn in 3D? Question mark, question mark. <laughs> uh, Pete Bakewell says, I think it was some kind of layers trickery that Wally used. He did explain it to us once, but I'm a bit hard of understanding. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not, man. Stover. And Ginge says, uh, I, I was just reading some creepy the other day. Awesome stuff. Then this is going to be uh, a book for you, Ginge. Uh, that's, that's amazing stuff. Uh, the, the, the whole the whole idea, except I'm talking about I don't do all the world building, but I'm doing all the world building. I'm doing it bit by bit. Uh, eventually, maybe not this year, well, definitely not this year, maybe not even next year, but eventually, also Dark and the Tati Pokemon are going to meet. You know, Ooh. they're going to come head to head. It's, it's already uh, there's already a print out there uh, with them together and it's going to happen fantastic and i just need to acknowledge that mr tickle trunk is one of the most amazing and awesome people to have ever existed and i can vouch for that because he's given us a super chat of two canadian dollars with a super sticker thank you so much mr tickle trunk because as you people may or may not know every time you give some money in the super chat that goes towards some special little surprises for backers of my indiegogo campaigns and it does also go towards the channel as well so once again thank you very very much mr tickle trunk you are officially awesome don't let anyone tell you differently uh pete says i flipping love the sound of that horror strips mixed with film articles just like how uh house of hammer take my money now yeah. you, you heard it here wally he wants to give you money <laughs> fabulous <laughs> we've also i will got... work for it though yeah i'll work for it don't you, <laughs> We've also got N Theatre, who says, Hail Chaps and Chapettes. Good evening, N Theatre. How the devil art thou? Nice name. Uh, like yes, it's a great name, isn't it? And Mr. Tickle Trunk's giving us a thumbs up and an LOL. Thank you very much, Mr. Tickle Trunk. You are awesome, as I mentioned. So, do you want to show off the trailer or, or anything to do with Tales uh, of Mystery and Imagination? You can play the trailer, because it's, it's not very long, and uh, there's a few people here that maybe not seen it, and it will give them a wee feel the vibe and and then yeah. maybe I've, I've got some uh, exclusive pages uh, i've shown a couple of them but you're getting a few extra ones i'm going to i'm going to show some exclusive pages if you if you want oh. to do that then the floor is all yours good sir excellent mate okay uh, of course i'm sharing it so i need to play it <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> da, 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 da. Uh, it's not as if i'm drinking or anything and don't know what i'm doing <laughs> There we go. Thank you. 
Look at that. Nice, tidy trader there with some great music. Yeah, that's that's not bad for copyright free music that I've quite enjoy that music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that that's that's uh that's the kind of feel I'm going for. It's uh it's fun. It's gotta be fun. Uh, anything yeah. in it that's disgusting uh, and grotesque and gory, it's still fun. That's that's yes. that's kind of what I'm going for with it. Um so I'm gonna share some stuff here whilst you share that i just want to say hello to nefarious how the devil nefarious. art thou good sir yeah, another good thank name. you very much for joining us this is so nice to see so many people joining us here this evening it's fantastic so let me just share that for you there we go yeah well this this is my mock-up uh, of the of the cover uh, that i put together <laughs> all the stories are done all the stories are complete. I'm just remastering. So I'm going in and I'm, and I'm tweaking and I'm remastering. So Elsa Dark will fulfill in July and this will go live in July. So I'll nice. be, I don't know what I'm doing. My head will be spinning. But <laughs> uh, as I'm posting out Elsa Dark, I'll be working on this campaign that will be going live. This campaign, I'm going to have a, a kind of cutoff day of around about mid-September where I stop remastering anything and yeah. it goes straight to print. It, it will then be fulfilled uh, in the first week of October. So it's in your hands for Halloween. Nice. That's the plan. Uh, and because everything is already done, if I get to that date, it's very much like doing a deadline for convention, which is how I put together these mm. comics originally. If I get yeah. to that date, I know it has to go to print because I have to get it back to get it posted out so that it's with everybody for Halloween. And that's nice. the plan. So it's a perfect Halloween gift as a copy of Tales of Mystery and Imagination. And this mock-up here is um, it's going to be a hardcover. It's going to be limited. I don't know, 50, 60. I'm not quite sure yet. Uh, I don't know if anybody's a, a good idea, but I want to limit this so it's only ever going to be available on this campaign. So it's going to be a, a nice hardcover version of it with a nice uh, soft-touch laminate cover as well. Nice. Uh, and nice. that's what you're going to get. And there'll be the traditional sort of the soft cover as well, which will be... Uh, be a bit cheaper uh, but they're both going to have the same high quality stock paper inside uh, so you're not losing out with if you don't if you miss out on the the hardcover you're still getting some people prefer a soft cover uh, yeah. I, like, I like a hardcover myself yeah uh, same you can always use it to bat away werewolves and vampires and stuff <laughs> so so this is i've decided to just go on this as a cover this was a cover i did for the first issue it was my first pass at the tacky bogo man he looks different than he does now but that doesn't matter because my directive as the editor to any artist working on it was draw him any way you want. Just make sure he's wearing a tam shanter and that he's got some stitches coming over his eyes. And, yeah. and he, he doesn't have a nose. for the and Even if they gave him a nose, I'd let him give him yeah. a nose. So I wanted people to just do their interpretations of the character because I knew that I was continually formulating and trying to kind of like work out a design for him and I used Tales of Mystery to do that so I created the character so in here he is the crypt keeper he presents the stories he tells you tells you what's happening I'll give you like a real look here excellent Yonesh Purden says that it's looking great and good evening Yonesh how the devil are thank now? you very much thank you very much of course I mean I said earlier on he was the the Scottish Freddy Krueger he is yeah. of course endorsed by the real Freddy Krueger who, <laughs> who bought a copy at convention 
Uh, awesome. As you can see, he's pleased as punch that he got that copy mm. of Tales of Mystery and Imagination. Uh, that's now out of print. There's uh, not that many people that have it, uh, but Freddy Krueger's got one. And who, who's, who's going to argue? Who's going to argue with that? I know I'm not. <laughs> uh, so let's see, what have we got here? This is two pages from uh, Bex's adaptation of The Raven. So this is not my work. Uh, this is Bex who's, who's done this. Uh, and I'm remastering the lettering on this just now. Mm -hmm. and and she might give some of the artwork an extra wee pass as well so that's going to be in there so it's, it's full on it's the the whole poem uh in the in the comic and interpreted uh, by herself uh, i'm trying to think what else i've got here to show you uh that's that's a cover again isn't it yeah uh, that's two pages from my telltale heart adaptation nice. uh i used myself as a model for it i didn't have a great beard then <laughs> that came about quickly uh so uh, uh this is getting a wee bit of remastering not too much there's a few panels here and there that i'm going to redraw and work on mm. uh but uh, that's a tell to heart told in all of its uh bloody and extreme and melodramatic glory nice uh and there's a page from the wolf laughed um Ooh. which uh the, the whole idea of this was this is where i got the whole idea for doing also dark uh, I thought to myself, Ray Milland, apart from a few kind of genre movies, he was relegated to really quite bad ones in the 70s. Yeah. You know, and it would have been nice if in the 50s somebody had said, let's make a, a Hammer style werewolf movie with Ray Milland in it. Mm. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll do just that and I'll do it in my comic. So uh, that's what I was going for with this. So it's meant to be like a black and white 1950s. A werewolf movie set in Edinburgh, Scotland, uh, with Ray Milland. And uh, so when you're reading it, imagine him doing a really bad Scottish accent. Uh, <laughs> that, makes it, that makes it even better. Uh, so this is getting quite a lot of remastering done to it because I want it to be even more detailed and, and more intense uh, yeah. than what you're seeing there. So, uh, yeah. Uh, hang on. I'm just going to start shutting pages down because that way I'll actually make a shutdown. There you go. There's another page of Bex's work. Uh, from a story Ooh. called Exogamy, and uh, it's a two-page story. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> as uh, yeah, uh, once this is out and people have read it, I've got, I, I can I can explain how my Stan Lee part of my brain got the better of me as it always does. <laughs> the Tatty Bogle man makes an appearance either at the beginning or the end of these stories, or or both, uh, and, yeah. and I, t I take all the. All the blame for the Tati Bogoman, Tati Bogoman's appearance at the end of the story. So yeah, you'll need to wait back to find out exactly what I'm talking about. And then I can tell you. I might do a commentary. That's a great idea. Now, I might do a commentary and tell you. But there, this is Exogamy. So this is this is the second strip she did for the, the comic. Uh, and it's it's got that lovely kind of like uh, panel with the lips up there. So I'm going to use that yeah. quite a lot in the promotion. I think that will pull a few people in. Yeah, that's the uh, first thing I noticed was those lips. It's like, wow, that really stands out and catches you. Yeah, yeah. So that's the, that's the whole thing about it. It's that seductive quality of that first panel pulls mm. you in and things get dark as it goes on. So it starts off as very, very seductive, very, uh, you know, Vargas sort of pin-up-y. And, and then it kind of, as you can see by the last panel, it's maybe not, maybe going to be a bit darker when you turn the page. You won't know until you back the campaign. Uh, <laughs> so that's going to happen in July. So I'll close this down and see if there's anything else here. Uh, I think I shut the one I was going to show you. There he is. What a man. What a legend. There he is. <laughs> uh, oh, there, there is a double page with that. So the mock-ups are putting together 
or it really are addictive for what you're going to get. Um, yeah. So yeah, these are just templates I'm putting together, but it's just to show you all the artwork's done, and this is how it's going to look once it's once it's put together. So that page on the right is getting remastered. The stuff in that that I'm going to redraw. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm thinking, you know what? I could just spice that up a little and do some stuff with it. So yeah. every now and then I'm going to dive in like two or three panels on a page and I'm just going to rework them and redraw them uh, and just make them stand out a little bit more uh, because I don't have that deadline pressure. It's a, you know, it's a deadline to get this done. Yeah. Everything that's done. So it's all it's all polish. It's what we call in the games industry, polish. The game's finished. Yeah. We're just polishing it now. Um, so I'll shut that down. Forgetting what I hoped you. That's uh, the first appearance of the Tati Bogoman in a strip at the top mm -hmm. there. So it says, uh, so he introduces it, and it's, it's, of course, it's a take on Hamlet. Alas, poor Ben, I knew him, Horatio, a fellow of infinite jest. And then he goes on and he, and he talks. And uh, at the very end, he comes back with a skull and he, and he does a nice little bit at the end with a really bad kind of, you know, he always has a really bad joke. It's like the <laughs> creepy and eerie and uh, tales of the crypt. They always had really bad puns and jokes in it. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm making him a wee bit more Scottish in this now. I'm, I'm going mm -hmm. to rewrite the dialogue a little bit so he sounds a wee bit more Scottish. I actually anglified him a wee bit in the the first issue just yeah. uh, just because, you know, I thought maybe people are not going to quite get this. But no, mm. I'm, I'm going to, not a lot, but there's, there's he quotes, it's a saying he has in, at the end of this story, which is uh, a Rabbi Burns quote, uh, a, a yeah. Robert Burns, you know, the, the great greatest poet who ever lived. Yeah. And uh, I kind of anglified it a little bit when he was using it. Uh, I'm going right back to Rabbi Burns, so it's going to be pure on Scots. And nice. uh, so this is getting a wee bit of remastering, and it's the story of uh, the Tale And I wanted it to feel like a cycle from the start. So my, my idea here was it's like let's start with the Norman Bates kind of idea. Yeah. You're, looking at, you're looking at a madman who's got something behind there that he's you know trying to hide because that's what the story is so you don't quite mm. know when you're looking at me he's actually sitting in front of two policemen you know but that becomes apparent when you go into it. so yeah so that's that that's the first page i put together uh in my journey that was the second page i put together uh nice. in my journey uh coming up with the old man playing playing chess with a young guy and uh, he's getting driven mad by that that eye the eye <laughs> the dead eye right so uh, yeah so there you have it i just wanted to share those with you uh, to give you a feel for tales of mystery and imagination fantastic pete bakewell says should i be worried that the first thing i noticed was the bloody chopper unless you're a butcher i would say yes <laughs> And Stato says, how many pages is Tales of Mystery? It's uh, 86 plus. So interior pages, I know, are going to be 86. Could end up with a few more. Uh, yeah. if, it takes, if it takes off, it'll definitely end up with a few more pages. Um, so I've got that option. So, yeah, well, it's more likely to grow in size and shrink. Let's put it that way. Yes, yes. If you're anything like me, you always start off with, this is the page count, and it's going to stay that, and then just it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and you're like, I can't stop it. It's it's taking on a life of its own. Well, I've included, because I've been, I've been working on putting together the making of add-on for Ailsa Dark, and I've yeah. got a two-page spread in there that kind of shows you the difference between the Tati Bogo Man and his original strip and the 3D and the 2D version. And uh, now I'm thinking I might actually throw in you know, a finished page from this as well. So when you get the making of it, of it also dark, it'll 
I'll show you the differences that I'll be talking about tales of mystery. So, uh, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, something like that can be yeah. added at the back of the book or uh, and, and dispersed throughout the book um, or as an extra. But I like the idea of keeping everything in the book this time. I like this, the idea of of making it like a UK annual. It's like a, yes. you read a story. Yes. It also helps if you break up the stories because the way that I, this is really tough to do. You think it's going to be easier until you do it and then you, you find out when you get the artwork that the artist has done an extra page to tell the story. Yeah. And you go, I had this so that you would turn the page and the, the last page would not be revealed until you turned the page. So mm. now you're like, oh, I need to put something at the front to mix up the pages so that I still get that feel. Because you always yeah. want them, you don't want the you don't want the double page spread idea where you're reading it and you get you can see the last panel so you know the twist yeah. or you know what's going to happen. Uh, so yeah. you try and nullify that by making it a page turn. At least I do. Mm. So I did that yes. in the original comic as much as I could. And I want to do that in this as well. So if it's not quite working, I'm going to nullify that by putting in a pin-up or a, an article or something but they're going to be cool they're not just going to be in there as f filler uh, yeah. so kind of like i was saying this like here's a, a wee bit about uh, edgar Allan Poe with some brand new illustrations by me and that kind of thing uh, so uh, it's, it's going to be a very kind of like a put it together so it's a fun and interesting kind of book to flick through you're always getting something new to look at yeah absolutely absolutely and i i love the idea of there being an article or possibly like a, a short prose story that that's something that i miss from the golden age like anthology comics i i, I think it's something that should really come back because it just it just made it so special yeah and it, it didn't take long to read them either because I've, I've been mm -hmm. reading a few of them over the over the last few years uh when i've got like an old uh, golden age comic and some of them are terrible, but you know, yes. uh, there's one or two where you kind of go, that, that could work as a wee story, you know, that could mm. work if you gave it a second draft. Yeah. <laughs> yes. mine, will, mine will not just be first draft, so I'll at least have a second draft on them if I put in a wee prose story. Excellent. Not my monkeys, not my circus says the art looks cool as fuck. And uh, Peeps says, sweet. Cheers, Peeps. So people are, are loving the look of this book. Do you think you're going to have to do as much promotion for this book as you did for Ilsa Dark? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know if I did that much for Ilsa Dark, to be honest. <laughs> uh, I think I could have done a lot more. Uh, I may have to wrap that up. Uh, I'll be... Uh, I'll still be live anyway when I, when I, when I launch this one because I'll still be on yeah. demand, so I'll be uh, pushing that as well. Um, I don't know. I've got a few because I've got the, we're going to launch on... My channel will be a Team Dark launch, so yep. uh, if you can, you'll be there and start talking to pop in, uh, and and then I'll, I'll start doing doing the rounds. Uh, but I'm I'm, I'm kind of hoping uh, to try and get as many people as I can on my on my mailing list so that they just know it's there. Uh, and yeah. I think also knowing that it's going to close, it's not going to stay in demand either. It's, that's another thing I'm going to do with it. It's going to shut. At the end of September, so it'll go live in July, and it will shut at the end of September, gone, mm. and uh, it'll be getting posted out to everybody uh, to get to to get to them for Halloween. So it's it's not going to just sit there in demand as a shop front, yeah. and uh, I think knowing that as well, hopefully people are just going to they'll hopefully dive on at the start of it because uh, the more people that dive on at the start, the, again the bigger the book's going to be, the more stuff I'm going to be able to put into it. Yeah. 
Excellent, excellent. So as I mentioned earlier, you have a YouTube channel that is criminally undersubbed. Don't forget there's a link in the description box down below, people. Yeah, I guess and... it's a table going it's doing that. Very bastard yeah. at times. Just please it. <laughs> but on that channel, you know, there's quite varied content. You have done some content related to comic books. You've done yes. some content related to, to superhero movies and horror movies and genre movies and stuff. And you also do the Team Dark live stream, which I, I often pop into myself. Yep. What made you want to start doing the Team Dark live stream? And why did you decide to call it <laughs> Team Dark? Why did it? Okay. Uh, Team Dark just seemed natural. I started using that as a, a hashtag. Yeah. Uh, at the very start. Uh, Ailsa Dark, people have a lot of trouble with that name if they're, if they're not Scottish. Ailsa. <laughs> uh, it's, it's especially our lovely American friends. Uh, many shows I've been on talking about Alyssa Dark, uh, <laughs> Alita Dark, um, Elsa Dark, uh, all kinds of darks apart from Ailsa dark uh, yeah. so uh, I, start, I, start, I started using team dark because uh, i thought that's quite that's quite a good way of uh, I, I, i've always got stan lee mm. like thinking about stan lee when i'm doing these things like how would he do it because even if i'm doing a, a comic that's kind of adult orientated uh, yeah. i still want kids to be able to sneak it into the house and enjoy reading yeah. it you know yeah. it's, it's like it's, it's so I have that kind of mentality, so I think that's the kind of thing he would do is like come along and be, you know, it's like join Foom, you know, become one of the, yeah. the, the Mary Marvel kind of like uh, uh, revelers, whatever they're called. Uh, so that kind of thing. So I thought, yeah, Team Dark. So uh, pretty much, I mean, uh, Pete, not my monkey, Peeps, yourself, Stato, you know, you're all Team Dark. If, if you're coming along yeah. to these shows and you're, you're getting involved, uh, uh, you're all Team Dark to me. Uh, so... It was just that kind of idea, so it's, it's just a bit of fun at the mm. end of the day. But if I was to write an editorial, uh, I probably wouldn't use Team Dark. Daddy okay. Bogoman would, though. He'd definitely <laughs> be talking to Team Dark, so he'd maybe look out for that. <laughs> and I'm sure he would love responding to uh, readers' letters. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, nothing more. In person. Uh, and that, that's one of the stories. One of the stories I never got drawn uh, was a uh, trigger this and it was a story about somebody who complained about everything on the internet and the tatty bogoman <laughs> trolls them um so i i won't spoil it but I, I might still i might still do that because he just he, he just realizes he, he doesn't just need to turn up and stab somebody with a knife you know it's this 21st century he's like i can just mess with people on on this internet you know and then turn up and stab them with a knife. That's even more fun. So that's a story that I've still to tell. Uh, so I might do that as a wee pro story, actually. That might be one that I'll do as a pro story. That would be cool. And I just want to acknowledge that we have 24 eyes in the chat. 24 Good eyes. 24 eyes. That's what a, a great lot name. of eyes. I know. <laughs> it was the man with x-ray eyes I was watching when I thought about doing a story with Ray Land cast as a mm. character, funnily enough. <laughs> everything's connected if you come to a team dark stream you realize that everything is connected oh yes and we do talk uh, about movies a lot on uh, the team dark live stream would you say that like uh, like a lot of creators i know there are some creators that don't like to admit it and there's some that just flat out don't but would you say that movies have like a huge influence on your storytelling in comics yeah definitely um or as they say in Scotland, definitely. Uh, 
<laughs> so that's a footballer, footballer's way of saying it. Uh, yeah, I would say definitely. Uh, not, not to the extreme that I think I'm seeing it in, in other people's work. Yeah. I the reason I did three narratives for for Ailsa Dark. Um, I'm going to share Ailsa Dark with you again because I might as well share it. Yeah. Here, hang a second. Uh, the, the reason I did three narratives for Ailsa Dark was because I wanted to get. Or I wanted to force myself to write in these, you know, it's kind of Bronze Age kind of feel, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I wanted to also try and and replicate literary styles. So I wanted to, some of the feel of, I love Raymond Chandler and, and, yeah. and Philip Marlowe kind of books. That, I love that. But my... I equally love Mickey Spillane and, and uh, yes. Ivy Jury and the Girl Hunters yes. and the Mike Hammer books. You know, mm. I like that kind of stuff. Uh, and there's loads of other kind of writers that like there's, there's the Max Allen Collins and, and there's the Quarry books, all that kind of stuff. And I wanted to write a little bit like that as well. So by having three narrators, I, I, I could do that. I could try and write in different kind of like first-person voices yeah. and, and try and differentiate them in some way. So I, I was thinking more, I wasn't, when I sat down to write, I wasn't thinking in filmic te uh, terms. So that wasn't the influence there. Thematically, that might be the influence, oh, the Wicker Man, that's a theme, you know, I'm going to work with that. Yeah. But I was thinking of things like, so I've got Umir Nawaz, who is a cop, right? Uh, I don't know if I've got an image of the guy here. Uh, it's just like, I don't even know what's it. You can see him here, okay? You can see it's his gun that's got the hand there, and he's up in the top right. left hand corner on that blanket. This is a flashback for him telling the story of how he met Elsa Dark, and that's him looking rather worried uh, down below. Uh, so, Umer Nawaz, he's a Glasgow policeman who is very conservative in his ways. And then his partner, who also happens to, who happens to be his partner in the police, but also his life partner, uh, she's killed by vampires. Uh, yeah. We don't get the full story of that, we know there's more to it. Uh, because there's got, there's got to be more to it because we don't get the full story of what happened. But he was saved by Elsa Dark, and that's how he met her. So I'm like, how do I write this character and give him a voice? And I thought, well, he's very conservative, so I have to write him without contractions in his speech. But mm -hmm. how do I do that and not make him sound like a robot? So that was really tough mm -hmm. to do, and there was so many different passes I had to give it to to, to kind of make it work. I hope it works. Uh, I've been told it works, so I'm, I'm happy with that. But it was one of these things where I'd made the decision and I had to stick to that decision because I decided that's what the character was. So I couldn't yeah. just change things up because it was too hard to do. Also, when she does a narration, she's a, a little bit more like a, a little bit freer uh, and a little bit more like uh, you would get in an American kind of novel. Uh, and this chap, uh, so this is a spoiler, uh, this chap here, turns out that he's one of the narrators. Yeah. He's, he narrates like Stan Lee writes. So I wanted to right. try and get the feel of Stan Lee, Stan Lee in his voice. And mm. he breaks the wall. He talks to you. He breaks the fourth wall. And he talks to the reader from the first page that you're introduced to this guy's narration. Yeah. You don't know who he is until you see this image. But he's very pally with you. He tells you things. He'll tell you an entire backstory of a character in one panel, you know, just, just yeah. so you can understand something. And, again, that was a, a third way of writing it. So although, yes, film is an influence, 
uh, on me is I think it's really only an influence in two areas. Thematically, things I want to drop in there so people go, mm -hmm. oh, that's, that's kind of like the Wicker Man, that's kind of like a, yeah. a vampire, you know? Uh, yeah. That's kind of that, that's kind of like uh, Revenge of Frankenstein or whatever, <laughs> the reptile. And the other way is I occasionally cast characters as people uh, that I would cast if there was a film. So yeah. in the Tati Bogle Man, the... Uh, the fortune teller is Jacqueline Pierce, who was Servalan in Blake Seven, and yep. was uh, in Hammers the Reptile. So I cast her as that character. the The character of Elsa Dart's father, who you don't really get to see in this, but I've already cast him as Steve McQueen. Excellent. Right. So, so it's Steve McQueen, but we're a wee bit of Paul Newman. <laughs> you know, so, so I'm kind of casting them uh, and, and there's a character in there called uh, Logos the Banter Demon uh, and in my, in my mind he, he's, he's kind of like a, he's, he's kind of like a, a downtrodden sort of like either a Eli Wallach um, or a, you know, Lee Marvin there's so many different people I could see playing that part but they all have the same kind of a strange laconic laid back uh, kind of American kind of feel about them yeah. Uh, so uh, and Bella Lugosi, as you can see there, is in is in it as well. Uh, so so I think that answers your question. It's like it's like it's there, but the the driving influence behind me is, is the styles of various different writers. I think that's what it is. I think that's that's what I'm yeah. trying to distill here. Yeah, but yeah, is there any? This guy, however, uh, if you can imagine, if Billy Connolly and Freddy Krueger had a love child. <laughs> that's kind of what he would sound like okay uh billy Connolly would have to be the man in the relationship of course uh, of course. but uh, <laughs> that's that's what he would sound like right so, so there you go but I, the reason i wanted to bring this up because that was in the in the chat if anybody's new to this campaign at all this print is a stretch goal and it's not been reached yet and it's gorgeous and i want a copy <laughs> so oh, yes this is the next stretch goal uh, and when we get there everybody gets this print everybody gets this trading card of uh, eric the vampire everybody gets this print of the tatty bogo man it's it's behind me here in a nice wee frame you can, you can just a bit see him there oh there he yes yeah, that's yes. elvis uh, for the 1966 comeback special in front of him uh no no again there's a wee bit of elf elvis in the title bogo man too uh, so everybody's already everybody gets that already yeah. uh it doesn't matter it's in demand everybody gets it uh so yeah that's me i've, I've gone for your question and shelling what can i say <laughs> Peephole Circus says he's really looking forward to reading the end of this story. The last two were awesome fun. Oh, thanks, peeps. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you think so. Uh, this is going to be even more funner, if that's a word. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> Bri yes, Bree says, I need to go catch some Zs. See you all around, lovely people. Good, good night, B. You take care of yourself, and we will see you again soon very soon and not my monkeys has made a suggestion he says lucifer storm just my opinion but peephole circus and pete bakewell would make some cool mods as i'm a lazy bastard and can use some help <laughs> don't worry about it monkeys i i think you're absolutely right those two guys should be made mods i'm, I'm gonna probably do that after the show is finished i'm afraid but it's okay if you want to be a lazy bastard now because you've shared so many links this evening you've done a brilliant job you are a one-man army when it comes to yeah those he's links amazing. <laughs> he's amazing he's probably down a bottle of wine while he's done it as well 
More it's than likely. Has. I hope he has. And that is a huge, huge talent, if you ask me. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, funny enough, it is time to wrap up the show. Wally, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on this evening and talking about your, your books and stuff. Uh, before we go, before we go, where do you see the future of the indie comic scene going? A uh, nice, easy question to end with. Oh, yes. Uh, it's always going to be here. I, I'm not too sure. I, I think everybody out there, if you're indie, get yourself a web page, get yourself mm. uh, your own space on the internet. Um, just, just try try and kind of get like um, people that are like-minded around you. Uh, because it's it's difficult to see where it's going. Everything that is out there that's an outlet for individuals like ourselves to work on, like YouTube and Twitter and Facebook and all these things, are kind of closing us off just a little yeah. bit. It's it's, yeah. it's happening. Maybe not even just a little bit. Uh, and and the and the corporates are kind of looking at this kind of sector and and they're seeing people making some money and finding a wee space for themselves and like everything they want to dip their toe in so it's going to be it's going to be one of those things it's I, i'm not too sure where it's going to end up um but i've got a whole year planned next year excellent and i want to just get out there as a a creator and let people know the kind of work that i create yeah. and i'm looking at cross pollinating from different mm. over different media so not just comics and find other things to do and work with. Uh, so that's that's my plan. But yeah, as, as to, as to, yeah, as to where I see it, I, it's, it's going kind of the way I thought it was going to go. I knew the bigger companies, the smaller ones would come into crowdfunding and bigger mm -hmm. ones would start looking at it. Um, yeah. uh, and of course, they're bringing in lots of money. Uh, the only problem is they're starting to use it. It's becoming a storefront now. Uh, I'm yeah. not selling my comics on Indiegogo. That's never what I thought I was doing. I thought I was getting people to help me fund the creation of the comics yeah, uh, and then be part of it and get extras and everything because of that. Uh, so, But it's beginning to look like a shop front. So I'd say get yourself a web page uh, because when that is fully what it becomes, you might as well be driving people to your own space. Uh, and I have yeah. a web page, uh, which is Excellent. now just www.terriercomics.com. If you visit there, you'll get the links to everything on my webpage, and you'll see that there's a little shop page which has got coming soon. By soon, I mean next year. But you know what? That'll be here before we know it, guys. Just, just you wait. Yes, <laughs> yes, it fucking will be as well. <laughs> it's, just, yeah, it's amazing how quickly it'll be. I'll, I'll be, I'll be sending out Halloween editions of Tales of Mystery in no time and thinking. I'm sure I was just talking to Lucifer about this the other night. <laughs> But you've got a, a very wise plan there. I do think it's uh, a good idea to start thinking about cross-pollinating through uh, through other mediums. And yep. absolutely, I've been saying for a little while now, there's only so much time before people go, oh, fuck social media kind of thing. Or social media makes shit harder. I mean, Facebook is already doing that thing where if you share a link in the post, they're like, okay, let's suppress this as much as possible. I'm sure Twitter's doing something. Uh, 
you know, YouTube's already been caught doing some stuff uh, on other live streams where they've been saying, oh, someone's posted a link to somewhere that isn't YouTube, right? Take that down as quick as mm. possible. For all I know, they might be doing it with this one right now. So I, I've been saying for a little while, I think the future of social media alone is going to be have your own website. It's, it's almost like it's going full circle. I yeah, wouldn't be surprised absolutely. if MySpace became a thing again in a couple of years. Because yeah, that's almost, it's almost the way it's going. Yeah, so, yeah uh, absolutely. So yeah. that is the way to go. But like I said, Wally, thank you so much uh, for joining me this evening. This has been an awesome chat. And I just want to say thank you very much to everyone in the chat and everyone who's been watching. You are all officially awesome. I will be back again soon with a pre-recorded episode of I Have Issues. But until then, take care of yourselves, take care of each other. But most importantly, stay safe and stay awesome. Thank you for watching and listening. If you enjoyed this show, then don't forget to like, subscribe, and share this episode with your friends. Until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, stay awesome.